1: Hey everybody, Mark and Steve on the PBSE Podcast. This is episode 212. And it has kind of a unique title today. We're we're gonna do something a little different. It says healthy connecting sexual dynamic question mark. You be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> right out of the gate. It's like, whoa, what is that? We got a really oh, we say Steve, a really disturbing. Submission from a PBSE listener yeah we're just going to be it. as as transparent as we can this was really disturbing to us, and as we read through it, we thought well we could bullet point this all out and go over it you know one one piece at a time, and we just decided there's so much going on here that we decided to do something that we haven't really done much we're going to give you we're going to give all of you kind of an entrance it's going to be a even as i'm starting to say it it sounds scary entrance into the brain of brains of mark and steve live it's like whoa <laughs> we should have like halloween music or something
0: <laughs> yeah i mean usually we 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 do quite a bit of pro, you know pre-production on our podcasts and and you know put a lot of oftentimes we have a sketched out kind of how we're going to approach it and where we're going to go but like like mark said as we were looking at this it just became really apparent that there is so much happening that honestly that approach would be less effective. And we thought it would be kind of a fresh, cool take to be able to just give you like, if this were to present like in Mark's clinic or my clinic, these are the thoughts that we would be having, right? These would be some initial impressions. This would be some of our thoughts. And we thought it'd be kind of cool to take you guys on that journey a little bit. And then, and, 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 and Mark pointed something out before we started recording, which kind of led to the title, you know, we're all, as always, uh, we're two therapists. We bring a lot to the table in terms of training and professional experience, but we always teach from, uh, you know, as, as, as 12 step halls teach us from a peer place of quote, experience, strength, and hope, you know, meaning that, uh, our experience, what we have seen in our own lives and the lives of clients, everybody has to decide how to interpret this and approach it, which is where the, you be the judge piece comes from today. Um, because we want to kind of lay out our thoughts and feelings about it. and And our hope is that you'll be able to everybody listening to this, whether you find yourself in a shockingly similar situation or whether whether there's just little pieces of this that kind of reflect, it'll cause you to pause a little bit in your relationship and be able to resonate with some pieces in in your world in your recovery that maybe need some tweaking. so yeah, and
1: this is not going to be a from a standpoint that we're, you know pounding the gavel of no. absolute determinism as to what this is and isn't. We're going to approach it like we would, let's say, brand new clients. Ask lots of questions, ask for clarification, give some of our insights from personal and clinical experience. And at the end of the day, you all get to decide what is healthy and connecting for me in my relationship and and what is not. Where where are the boundaries? What, What does it mean to be in real, true recovery and healing? I mean, these are all the things that we hope will come up for all of you today. So, and keep in mind, we have a little teeny tiny window into this couple's situation and it's from her perspective and what she sent us is very brief. So there's no possible way we could make any, you know, big declarations about this, but all we can do is use it as a way to kind of open the, open the window to look at this. And we hope that all of you will apply it to wherever you are.
0: Absolutely. So with that in mind, let's get to it. I'll read this really quick and we'll jump in. Hi guys. I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate your podcast in the darkest moments of our lives. Uh, my question, and it may have already been just addressed. How can I be empathetic toward a partner who continually relapses with excessive masturbation rather than asking for sex? And she later says porn and masturbation as well. Right. For context, my husband and I have been together. They've been, I'll, I'll, I'll generalize it just to keep it. At, it doesn't give away any personal information, but keep it less specific. We have multiple kids and been married over a decade. I suspected his addiction through our relationship, but it wasn't until the last couple of years that I had evidence of excessive porn and masturbation use. He has so much shame and remorse, but doesn't talk to me about it or even allow me to disclose it to anyone. It's a nasty hurt that I must safeguard so his quote-unquote image is maintained. Uh, My sexual, emotional, and relational needs are not being met, and he doesn't seem to care. It is like a continual re-traumatizing and violation of trust when he relapses. Our agreement was that he would never do anything sexual without getting permission. Now, this is where it gets a little bit complex. To have additional accountability. Every time he asks, if I don't engage with him, I, quote, give permission, unquote, for him to masturbate or help him to do so. Please help me understand this and be patient, loving, and forgiving. With him, is what she's meaning. I'm losing hope that this can actually work. I feel like I have to constantly put myself on the back burner appease his needs and keep our family together quote unquote for the greater good but i feel like i'm being slowly suffocated
1: oh wow 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 wow, well we're gonna we're gonna jump back to the having read that whole thing so you could hear it for full context we're gonna jump back and take this one break it line down time yeah so she says right out of the gate she asks the question how can I be empathetic toward a partner who continually relapses with excessive masturbation, and we take that to mean porn also, rather than asking to have sex? So the first, the first word there is this word empathetic. I think this concept of empathy is so misunderstood and mischaracterized. For example, I grew up and, and what I was told empathy looked like was to always take the side of the other person, especially if that person was older, bigger, stronger, more in authority than me or whatever. Showing empathy was always to lean into them and take their side of of pretty much everything was to show empathy. Agreed. I'm kind of sensing that there's maybe, there there could possibly be some of that going on in this relationship. So that empathy word jumped out at me big time.
0: Well, and and I wanted to build on that a little bit. And again, these are just raw and real feelings, guys. So this is just a couple of guys' takes. So take it for what you will. But I, yeah, there are a couple of things that stood out to me for this. The next big piece. I mean, it and and I'll just I'll 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 just kind of say it how it comes to me. This this is very much this spouse very much sounds like how my wife may have sounded at a certain point before we found out real recovery principles and before we got out of isolation. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that, and she actually says that I can't talk to anyone about this. So his image quote unquote is maintained. Yes. We addicts, we do all sorts of things to perpetuate our addictions and we do all sorts of things or say all sorts of things or put all put pressure on in all sorts of ways to try to uh, maintain the status quo, right? The addiction doesn't the one thing addiction never wants is change. It wants to keep itself going. It wants to stay in a place of escape and numbing out and medicating and all the things that it does. And they the other thing addiction doesn't
1: ever want is to be seen to have, yes. have a big bright spotlight shown on it.
0: Absolutely. And what too many couples that Mark and I see in our are uh, in our uh, clinics, uh, too many couples fall into what is I'm kind of perceiving here, both from that statement and the statements that are late, said later in the submission. Where in many ways this 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 spouse, we have a lot of empathy for she is, and I'm gonna use the term, it 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 puts responsibility on both. She is allowing herself to be isolated in this process in a way that is really setting the stage for for some distorted thinking to to I think take root. Um, and that ties in a lot with what Mark is saying, right? This this idea of, you know, what what does empathy look like, right? Too often, empathy is built in many circles as affirmation or agreement, right? If I empathize with somebody, I'm going to... I had a coworker who I loved this phrase. It was at a treatment center I used to work at. I heard it there, and I've stolen it ever since. We, we do not co-sign on your bullshit here. <laughs> and I really, really like that concept because too often, and I know I used to do this in my addiction days, when I wanted someone to empathize with me, that's what I wanted. I wanted someone to agree with me to affirm it, to, to say, yep, absolutely. Damn straight, Steve. That's right. And that's true. And yeah, you know, get on the well, bandwagon. And,
1: and I'll tell you quite transparently what this was like for me years ago in my, in, my, in my really deep addiction. You have no idea what it's like to be a man, to be hit with these urges on a constant basis. You, you can't imagine what it's like to have a sex drive that is 24-7 what am I supposed to do with it? You just expect that I'm just supposed to deny it or set it aside on a shelf. You can't possibly imagine how hard this is. And how how would you not want to support me in this and be cooperative and be helpful? Yes. That was my attitude.
0: Absolutely. Right. So there are some definite distortions going on here. Absolutely. You know, and, 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 and with and so the empathy piece, there needs to be, in our opinion, there's that is something that absolutely needs to be looked at. What is empathy, which really is a smaller sub question to the question of what is loving another person, which we talk about on here often. Yeah, what is loving another person? Is loving another person telling them what they what they want to hear, or is it what we talk about, telling them what they need to hear? Well, and being I'll th- real,
1: right? and I'll tell you something that jumped out at me in this very first question, and just hit me like a it was like a two by four because of my past. She says he he's, he's continually relapsing with excessive masturbation and porn rather than asking to have sex. Yes. Now that Mm. rang like a giant warning siren in my head. It's Mm -hmm. like, and again, we don't know that we don't know the circumstances, but I can just tell you what this was like for me. Every time life is difficult, every time there's stress, every time I have, a testosterone urge. Every time some sort of sexual idea hits me, I should be able to run to my my partner and ask for sex. Yeah. So that this can be taken, this can be serviced, this can be taken care of. Because that's the only option I have. She either she either gets to take care of it or I got to go take care of it. Option one or option two, which one do you want? Yeah. And that's what I hear her. That's what I hear here from her. Yes. It's like, and so this, if that's, if, if that's what's happening here, that assumption is, it is so far out in left field. If you're looking to be in healthy recovery and to heal a relationship, this whole concept of, I either have to masturbate and look at porn or, or you need to take care of it.
0: I mean, I'll I'll be, I'll be honest. I, I, mm, I know this is going to come off strong, but I'm just going to, in my human way, just say it how I said it before the podcast this to me strikes a chord of almost like like somebody has a group of hostages mm. and the different hostages represent the health of my part of my partner's brain and if i'm the hostage taker i'm looking at my partner and i'm saying i'm saying to the outside world give me what i want or i execute one of these people it, it asking a partner putting a partner in a in a place and and sadly this is not just as something that's perpetuated by the men that we work with this is perpetuated by a lot of cultural examples. Mark and I are highly religious. We affiliate as a Christian guys. I have heard this more than once in various Christian circles, that a that a wife's duty is to somehow, quote-unquote, service the man. And I can tell you right now, Mark and I do not ascribe to that. This is a You Be the Judge podcast, so you need to decide what you need to do that, with that for you. Everybody is as a sovereign right and obligation to ter- determine their own authenticity. Well,
1: how many, I, and I've heard this first person from, from so, you know, so-called leadership. If you're taking care of him at home, there's no, there'll be no reason for him to look elsewhere.
0: That is nonsense. That is utter nonsense. Um, we just do not ascribe to that in any way, shape or form. I, what it, whatever, it, whatever a relationship is to be, it cannot be a hostage situation. Putting a partner in a position in any circumstance where we are telling you to say compromise your safety or your authenticity, but you can't have both, is not a relationship that is healthy. I agree. It just does. I mean, it did, that just does not fly. We know that's bold language. We're being bold today. It just is what it is. And that may piss some people off too damn bad because that, <laughs> it, it's just it's the truth. Relationships have to be relationships where we can feel safe and where we can be us, for everyone involved. And if you can't have those two baseline expectations, you don't have much. So Well, she, um, doesn't, she doesn't say anything
1: here in, in what she sent us, so whether this whether her, her, her partner is in recovery or not. It doesn't sound to us like he is in recovery at all. No, this or, is active
0: addiction. Yeah,
1: he's in active addiction.
0: This is active addiction with, because this is, I, maybe this is why you're getting so much passion from me. This sounds just like me. This sounds like the same nonsense I frankly used to perpetuate. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, but if I express enough remorse or sadness or shame about it, that somehow makes it okay. Right. It, it's, it's like a cake made of dog poop with just enough chocolate frosting on the top of it to make it look palatable. <laughs> and it's nonsense it's just it's it's completely incorrect right because this spouse is being put on the line in multiple ways you either get to deal with my my sexual you either have to handle my sexual urges for me rather than me owning those or you get to deal with shame-based sulky mopey victim me mm-hmm. those are your choices mm-hmm. you get to choose between cancer or aids decide Right. Does that sound loving to anyone? (laughs) Well, and she
1: says he has so much shame and remorse. And 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 again, speaking speaking to his side of this, if he has if he is having extreme shame and remorse, I say good if if he will allow that to then lead him to start to take the actions that are necessary to get on a recovery path, to start to get healthy but the fact that he feels bad bad about it is that that's a good thing. I I applaud him
0: for having a conscience about all this. But that's the problem is instead of that being a catalyst for change, it's a catalyst to further further burdening her. And again, right. this is why I'm so passionate about this guys. I'm not coming down on anybody because this is like me talking to myself. This is almost cathartic this podcast for me. <laughs> because I used to be this guy who was hey I, I screwed up your world by betraying you. Now pick me up and dust me off and make me better. Mm-hmm. That's, that's your reward. That's your reward for me hurting. Now now you need to make me okay. It's, right. it's going back to that place of where we talk about all the time that a spouse should never be any of the following. The policewoman, the absolver, or the confessor. That is not a partner's responsibility to own those elements of an addict's recovery and the and this and this addict it, however well intentioned he may be is putting his wife in the position of all three right now
1: well and he's stuck in the shame place because she says he doesn't talk to me about it or even allow me to discuss it with anyone yes so he's he's doing a former mark and and again this is this is a really cathartic podcast for both Steve and I i remember that my whole solution to all of the shame i felt and i felt a ton of shame and regret I felt dirty. I felt lousy. I knew I was a betrayer. It just, it just heaped up on me. And my way to deal with that was to make sure that it stayed completely secret and behind the scenes and nobody, nobody got to see it or talk about it. That's how I dealt with all of it was just to keep it completely buried.
0: Yeah. Same here.
1: Yeah. And, and where did that, where did that strategy come from? That came from my shame. Because it said, if, any, if anyone ever finds out about this, my life is over. My reputation's shot. My position in my community's gone. My, my state and my, you know, my place in my church is gone. Everything's gone. So yeah. this, must, this must never come out, period. And I said, I will take this to the grave. Yes. And what happened? I heaped it all upon my wife.
0: As long as we choose appearance over authenticity, we will lose this battle every time. Mm. That's a great as long as we choose appearance over authenticity, we will always lose. As an individual or as a coupleship. Because what does addiction
1: thrive in? Addiction thrives in secrecy. It thrives in the dark. What do we all the dark,
0: the shadows, the unspoken?
1: I only I only stay as sick as my secrets. Yep. Absolutely. So true. Yeah.
0: And so there's so there's there's a lot going on there. We we should continue on. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: and and I in this part here just broke my heart into pieces. Hmm. It's a nasty hurt that I must safeguard so that his image is maintained. Yeah. Holy smokes, how many how much meaning in one short chain of words.
0: Wow. Well, and and not to put too fine a point on it, but this is not very far off from, the, from a husband who says, hey, cover up those bruises with makeup so nobody sees them.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: It's eerily similar, guys. It is. And I know that's strong language and we may not intend to be doing that. Okay. I want to be clear about that. But intention only goes so far because results are, are you know, we may intend a lot of things, but we don't get to dictate how our actions show up in terms of causing trauma to our partners. Right. And when we say, Hey, deal with being hurt, but don't speak about it. Don't, don't, don't talk about it. Don't open up about it. Don't get help for it. And again, I'm saying this as a guy who did it, whatever we're doing there, it's not loving. It's self-serving and it's selfish in all the wrong ways.
1: Well, and in addition to that hurt, she feels is having to safeguard his image. She also says here, very, very heartfelt. My sexual, emotional, and mm-hmm. relational needs are not being met, and he doesn't seem to care. Yeah. Now, he he may care. We don't know. He may care deeply. I cared deeply about my wife. I did as well. I cared about her sexual, emotional, and relational needs, but my addiction threw all of that under the bus.
0: Well, and my need to survive. My perceived need to survive, right?
1: Survive to stay secret, to stay guarded, to keep up the outward image, to not let anyone find out. Yes. All and at the same time, I was somewhat aware of her needs, and I did feel at times bad for not meeting those. But until I got into serious recovery, that remained the remained the state of being a state yep. of being where. I'm I'm I don't care.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. No, it,
1: that's addiction. Yeah. It's addiction.
0: Well, you see how And in the next paragraph, you know, there are multiple instances where when we can't break it down for sake of time thoroughly. But again, I really resonate with what's said here. Our agreement was that he would never do anything sexual without getting permission. If this couple's story is anything like mine and my wife's. You know, there are compromises along the way. Right. Little. Pieces where this this spouse sadly has probably gone to a place where she's found herself in this dynamic where, you know, she talks about every time he asks if I don't engage with him, I either give him permission or help him to do so. She's bought into this idea probably under heavy pressure from him and maybe even other sources that those are my options. Right? I need to again be his confessor or absolver and say, "Yep, it's okay," or take care of that himself i've the the option for him to manage his own emotional needs and self regulate in a sexual way is completely taken off the table in the way that this is being described these are the options here's the urge these are the choices you get to choose which one is which one is less damaging today
1: yeah i'm having an urge you can service that or if you won't then i have permission to go do it myself yeah and I remember being in that place, oh, totally. I really believed that there were only two options. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. the urge has come now what?
0: Something's going to happen. She Something's either takes care
1: happen. of it or I do. yeah, like, but there's no there's no other option. yeah, and to claim that there is 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 unreasonable because obviously you don't know what it means to be a man.
0: It's the ultimate victimization mentality, guys. Mm-hmm. This is right here is the it's like it's like victim when we talk about the drama triangle, this is victim incarnate. I have an urge and I'm completely, what we're saying is I'm completely powerless over my own urges, right? Now that doesn't mean that it's not difficult and it doesn't mean that there are, that that this is an easy process. Please, nobody here, we would never tell an addict, well, here's the answer to your addiction is just to say no. Well, That's not what we're saying here at all.
1: It also doesn't mean that sexual urges are evil. It doesn't no, mean that sexual urges are bad. It doesn't mean that this this sexual part of a relationship is is not wonderful and beautiful and and to be desired. It doesn't mean any of those
0: things. Nope.
1: It's the priority level. It's how it's 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 eclipsing everything else to be the focus.
0: When right? it's being labeled as a need, and right? An urge is being a, labeled as a need. As a right? need, yes. And that's part of the problem here, right? I love Snickers bars. One could say I'm even somewhat. Probably unhealthily addicted to them, but to try to bill that to somebody and say that I need these to survive is not true. Simply because we are all built sexually in our sexual beings doesn't mean that. I really like the way that Mark talks about this because Mark Mark has a word that I stole years ago. We've been working together for the better part of a decade now, and I remember we were. It may have even been a podcast, one of our early episodes. And one day we were talking about this, and he said that it all comes down to. It isn't about guys about getting rid of your sexual energy. It's about how do we channel it. Yes, and I love that word. How do we channel it? How do we channel it? Right? How do we direct that?
1: Where do, right? where do you want it to lead? Do you want it to just lead to another orgasmic climax, or do you want it to be? Do you want it to be a vehicle that leads you to deeper connection, more oneness? Yes. Or developing the other seven areas of intimacy of only of which sex is just one. Yeah. What do you want it to be? And for me, it was just, it was just getting to another orgasm. Yeah. That, that was, that was the be all end all of the whole thing. And
0: uh, yeah. Well, that may be one of the most destructive trends that we see here because she says something very telling here. You know, it came back to that at the beginning. How do we empathetic toward a partner who continually realizes excessive masturbation and porn. And here's the key rather than asking to have sex. What we have here is a gentleman who, rather than channeling sexual energy into generating connection and growth in the coupleship, is choosing to use sex as simply, is treating it as an urge to be alleviated, right? Something to be purged from the system. Exactly. And whatever else that may be, we're not here to judge whether that's right or wrong. We don't do right or wrong in this podcast. We do do healthy and toxic. And as two guys who are experts at channeling that as an urge to be bled off, because we got PhDs in that. We may have master's degrees in therapy, but we got PhDs in that. Whatever else this is, it is a tremendous miss on an opportunity to connect with my partner. Right. Well, because to I, used to, to engage. I used to think
1: there was only one outcome for a sexual urge, only one. <laughs> and and now today I realize that that those that those urges, those Those energies, those promptings, those nudges—I have twenty ways to express those today. Yes, where I used to have one, it was either Mm -hmm. that one or not at all. And if it wasn't, if it wasn't, if it was not at all, Mark was a was a bugger to live with.
0: Yep, as was Steve. As was Steve. Absolutely. Right. And so there's, and we don't have time to get into that whole dynamic of shifting that into a healthy intimacy dynamic, right? Because like Mark said, there are multiple areas of intimacy. We talk about this all the time on our dare to connect program for addict spouses and couples. Please, 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 please get over there. If you have not tried that out More info on the uh, two week trial, is still available at dare to connect We hope that you'll join us. But when, but when you look at this and, and again, we can't go super in depth with this there needs to be a whole shifting here with how how sexual energy in this relationship is just approached. Absolutely. And intimacy, frankly, intimacy across the board. Intimacy as a whole cuz what is Every, he everything here? here is speaking to control and manipulation. Everything that you hear here has to do with how do we regulate and and keep the status quo and and rigidity and none of it speaks to what intimacy is with is, which is all about growth and evolution, and change, and expansion, and connection, and deepening, right?
1: Everything's what being what
0: it, kept in this rock-solid, surface-level place. Because how does she summarize it? I feel like I
1: have to constantly put myself on the back burner to appease his needs and keep our family together for the, quote, greater good. Yeah. I feel like I'm being slowly suffocated. Yeah. Her authenticity, her needs her, her place as a sovereign, independent individual, it's all being sacrificed and she's starting to die on the vine.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and, then, and so that pattern, so again, every, so there's, there's so many things we, we would love to say. We don't have the time to say it all, but we, but we really would say that there's, there are some dramatic shifts that need, that need to happen. We would definitely uh, invite this couple to get some sort of outside intervention involved critical there are there are so many issues going on here and the dynamic is so insulated which is probably the most concerning the chances of this healthily changing without outside without outside intervention are pretty slim
1: they're completely isolated right now and it's mostly her yes it's a
0: very toxic situation
1: we've done three four five six podcasts in a series just on the concept of boundaries for her which are completely missing at this Mm -hmm. point
0: on both sides. On both sides. She's completely boundaryless when it comes to upholding her own needs and her own authenticity and is in survival mode and he's doing the exact same thing on his end. Yeah. It's there's there there I don't I, and again this is all through her lens, right? So we're just getting one perspective, but there's nothing about what is he doing to try to change? We the all of the energy in this just talks about this is just ongoing as we said before. This is not a recovery state. I know that this coupleship would like to think that they are, and I know that this wife is doing her best. We say that with all the empathy in the world, but from what we see here, this is not recovery at all. This is is at best survival management, and it can be a place where you can leapfrog into that good place. And again, we would love to help you with that. Dare to connect is a great cost-effective way to start that. But whether it's dare to connect, whether it's getting into a 12-step support group, whether it's getting some sort of therapy, something um, a seance at this point would be helpful. Something, (laughs) anything pentagram on the ground with goat's blood, as I tell clients some way with tongue in cheek, right? Like whatever you've got to do, we need to do something different than this because this dynamic will simply continue to perpetuate. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Well, there's the raw and the real of getting some insight into our, (laughs) our passion and and our feelings (laughs) about this. You know, it was a little bit disjointed and again, it wasn't to pound the gavel and, you know, the the ultimate of anything is just to open your minds, everyone listening to just ask questions and look at situations and challenge the status quo and, and just start to, just start to explore what needs to happen. So the same old, same old doesn't keep unfolding.
0: Everyone has the sovereign obligation and right to determine what their marriage is going to look like. As we tell our clients and Dare to Connect all the time, The pages of this book so far that you guys have written, you can't undo them. It's written in permanent marker. You can't make changes to those. But so often we allow that to dictate and say, well, we're now in this hopeless rut or this place. This marriage, this relationship for whoever you are, whoever is listening can be whatever you want it to be. Don't buy into the thinking that it has to be what it's always been. Mark and I have been there. We've done that. It doesn't have to be that way. We did that for too long. Don't reinvent the wheel, please. There is a better way to do this. There's a healthier way to do this. There is, I guess we'd say it this way your relationship deserves more. You deserve more. Mm. Marriages are not designed to be a place where all we do is survive. We do some of that, and that's the way life works, but they are a place where we optimally can and ought to be surviving. Come join us at Dare to Connect and at daretoconnectnow.com. Let us help you. Uh, take take you on a walk on that path for everybody who sends uh questions in we greatly appreciate that we're working through our backlog from the <laughs> the end back, of the year and yeah. the new year yeah. uh but we Indeed. hope that you'll join us at d2c in the meantime uh, but however if you would like to get a question on the waiting list uh, we are just working through those in order uh, we would love to have those sent over to us at pbscpodcast.com you can click on the submission form right there and we'll 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 uh, get that on the docket and, uh, with that, you know, we love and we care about you and thank you for being listeners with us. And, uh, and, uh, that's, that's all I've got, Mark. What do you, yeah. what do you want to close yeah. us out with? <laughs> I think that's, I think that's a wrap. Uh,
1: you know, thanks for, thanks for being with us here in our, in our raw and realness and passion. Like Steve said, this partner that sent this in, she deserves better. And this and her partner who's stuck in addiction, deserve he better. deserves better.
0: Absolutely. Like both
1: of them. Well, it both breaks of our them. heart to see both of them where they are.
0: For sure. So.
1: Sure. All right. We'll see you next time on PBSE and uh, everybody take care and see you then. Have a great day.
0: Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.